Hello and welcome to another episode of Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid. And welcome to all our new listeners, all the people that listened in and tuned into us on the radio. It is episode 19 and we have got some homebangers questions <laughs> for you this week. We Tina, sure are you do. ready? I am ready, I hope. <laughs> There's no fear in you. And I did want to talk about that to start things off about your, your kid having a healthy bit of fear for you as a parent right mm-hmm. you're going to think this is controversial because you know you don't well it's that word you don't you don't want fear. your child to be afraid of you but you want them to be afraid of the consequence that you yeah i just feel sometimes like when i'm asking our kid to do something <laughs> that like He's not afraid in the way I was afraid. Yeah, well, I think that's a good thing, though, Jar. My parents didn't hit me. I never got any of that. Yeah. But I knew I better do this because my dad's asking me to do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't know. Don't you think it was linked in, though, with how Catholic our upbringing was in the schools? Oh, yeah. Because Mike, Mikey doesn't have any of that Catholic guilt. No. He doesn't Bizarrely. have it. Bizarrely. Because, yeah. He doesn't have it. And I think that's a big thing. He's not, he doesn't think there's someone always watching what he's doing. He's yeah. free. And I don't want to take that away from well, him. But I would know, like our, him to be a little bit our relationship more respectful. Operates, <laughs> our relationship operates on a certain amount of fear yeah. in it, right? That's because I'm always threatening Charlotte. <laughs> but you always said that it is a, it's not a bad thing in a relationship. I think your husband should be a little bit afraid of you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> to the point where... Uh, Not in an abusive way. I don't abuse you. Yeah, but, you know, there have been a few things where it's like, that's a that's crazy. Like no, I just have very you, clear lines on what I will accept and not accept. But not only in this world, but also in the world of slumber. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jared, don't do this to me. Yeah, do you know what? <laughs> Tina once woke up and said, I'm please, not happy with you. Please don't And do I it. was like... Sorry, what? What are you talking about? She's like, I'm, no, I'm not happy with you. I was like, the first thing you think is, was I talking in my sleep last <laughs> night? Because you have given me shit for that in the past. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what, 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 what did I do? You were not nice to me <laughs> in my dream last night. I was getting grief for things I'd done in your imagination. Yeah, but those dreams were so real that it took me a while after waking up post-coffee to realise that hadn't actually happened. So, (laughs) turn around to me in the morning and like, you better, like, it's like the old Muhammad Ali uh, line from his press conference is like, if you insult me in a dream, you better wake up and (laughs) apologise. That's basically... You are the Muhammad Ali, Tina. I love that. Of, I'll take it. Uh, our relationship. <laughs> but our first question today does revolve around something we've covered in the past. Mm. And that is the difficulty in getting these little chumps, these gorgeous little children yeah. that we have, to eat some food. Yes. That isn't Blandy McBlanderson, just the most basic. Yeah, uh, we have so many emails in on this. I'm just going to pick one at random and go through this again, because if you miss Tina's advice on this, this has probably been the most popular piece of advice across the whole series. Yeah, because rest assured, if you're listening to this, you are not the only parent who's having difficulty getting their child to eat. Hey, Tina and Jar, absolutely love the show. 
I'm a new convert to Honey Yeruni Arcade, having discovered you on 98FM's Podcast Hour, which is brilliant. That yeah, worked. That's great. <laughs> Charlotte, you're so honest. Welcome Yay, aboard. Listening. My <laughs> question is around eating habits. I'm really worried about the nutrition of my kids because it is such a battle to get any food into them whatsoever. Mm. I am trying my best. I give them the normal meals in the day, but trying to get the food down, they will eventually eat it. But trying to get the food down them is so difficult. Okay. I try to vary it. I've tried to find different foods, experiment with different things, but ultimately... They will only eat pasta, plain pasta. There is not enough nutrition in plain pasta for my kids to do well. So I'm giving them the vitamins. But again, when we go out somewhere, we're back to square one. We can't get them to eat out and it really limits what we can do as a family. I'm down on my knees. I'm begging you, please. Tina, can you help? Yes. Well, with this one, I really can help. But what I've been like, we've gotten a lot of emails in about this. Mm -hmm. And what I have been trying to stress in my answers is you've got to be patient. Like this pattern of them not eating and being very picky eaters has been established. Mm. And you're going to try and change this. It's not going to happen in a week. And I feel like when I've told people about this, tacos or DIY dinners. Ta- tapas. Tapas. Yeah. Why do I always call it tacos? Oh, tacos are delicious. I think I always just want tacos. <laughs> I love tacos. Uh, yeah, the tapas or the DIY dinners, which another mom that had gotten in touch to say that's what they call it in their house and it's working. Right. I don't think they realize that those DIY dinners have to go on for a long time. Mm. And like you have to be ready to invest in that for a good period of time and then start phasing it out. Oh, Okay, so I don't think I even took that in. So what Tina's Tapas feeding idea for your kids is, in a nutshell, is the preparation of... Of whatever dinner you're making, just serving it up in the middle of the table in all separate bowls. So all the components separate with a spoon in, leaving empty plates on the table so that your ch- the pressure is off your child trying to finish what's been put on their plate mm-hmm. and what they feel has been imposed on their plate. Mm-hmm. And in time, they will naturally explore what's in more bowls. And right. so you've got to put out slow, a few things that they'll actually we just, want. We just skipped one bit there. Okay. So you place it out in the bowls yes. and they're asked to fill their plate. Yeah themselves using a pick a mix method of help yourself to something from each bowl. Now, do you say to them, you have to have something from each bowl? No, because unfortunately, Jarlett, that is where people are going wrong with the food. You cannot be controlling about food and you cannot introduce pressure on the eating because what is the most important thing at the end of the day that That your child eats? So, I mean, I see it a lot and I hear it a lot where parents don't allow their kids to snack. I just not for that. If your child's hungry, let them have whatever they want. I'm not talking like sweets and biscuits, mm. but there should be healthy snacks available On to the them counter all, all, the all time. times. Your child is growing so fast. They're burning calories so fast. They need food way more than we do. They need to be fueled nearly every two hours. Okay, I well. mean, if your if your child is not behaving, have you fed them? Mm. When's the last time they ate? This is a really, really 
good point that I had to learn the hard way, right? Yeah. I oh think God, yeah. we were all raised in houses where it was like, you'll ruin your appetite if yes. you eat. And, you know, we were living in tighter times, right? Yeah. Things were tight in the 80s in my particular case. You, you were trying, they were trying to protect you in that way. And there was way. this thing about clearing your plate and that's your dinner, that's all you're getting. Right. I mean, all of that is very unhealthy. That leads sure. to controlling behaviour around food. Yeah. Yeah. So and sneakily eating and stuff uh, like that. Sneaky yeah. eating. I was doing that. I yeah. definitely was doing that. I would find a way to yeah. get food. Um but also I remember being left with my ER son for the first time and not you were like, You gotta feed him every two hours. You were mm. messaging me on you gotta feed him every two hours. And I didn't realise what that looked like. Mm-hmm. That actually they're kind of constantly grazing. Yes. And even then, yeah. they'll still put away the dinner. They will. And what here's what happens if you're not feeding your child every two hours. They'll get a pain in their stomach and they'll go downhill really fast. Like they will they will feel sick and crampy and then they can't eat at all, which leads to them actually getting sick. They will have mood swings. Of course they will. We all know what it feels like to be hangry mm. and we are not growing anymore. We're this not relying on this food to... This is our petrol. I always say to children, just like we put diesel or petrol in a car to keep it going, that is the job of the food. Mm -hmm. Without the food, we don't have energy. Yeah. And if you let it run dry, it can actually damage the car. Yeah. Um, I do think that that I do want to focus on that point for a second because we do get emails from people going, my kid is cranky. Yeah. My kid is never in a good mood. And... You know, it was this morning when we were preparing for the episode mm. and I was like, that should nearly be the first question you ask yes, yourself is, yeah. well, what's the eating situation? Yeah. Because well, if you're like me. <laughs> oh, I was just going to bring it up because we have a friend, Mike Donnelly, incredible um, filmmaker. filmmaker yeah. And years ago, he's working on a project with Jarlett. And the guy is just a lovely soul. And he used to bring a lunchbox around for Jarlett because he was like, oh, it's coming on an hour and a half since he last ate. I better get him some food or he's going to get angry. God, shite am I that I can't figure out for myself that I need to eat. Otherwise, I get cranky. But, but I, my blood sugar goes low. But unfortunately, this is the problem. As adults, we're not as hungry as kids. Mm. So if you're, you've got to actually change your mindset into thinking, OK, I'm not hungry. But I still have to give my kids some food. Right. And I know it's tricky, but you even just a, a carrot, like mm. just um, what is the word? Peel a carrot? Yeah. Yeah. That's the right <laughs> word. <laughs> I don't know. Peelers, yeah. With a peeler, yeah, is that what that's the, called? <laughs> what they, they say in France. Peel. But I mean, that's a brilliant snack. Peel a carrot, give it to your kid, let them chomp on it. Mm. I mean, that's a great snack. It and keeps it's a them slow going. burner. This yeah. is the other thing about giving them veg like that with yeah. a bit of a nail dip on the counter. Oh, is yeah. That, that is a slow burning fuel. Yeah. That it's not like, you know, having some jellies out where they're going to burn it, go high as a kite, drop real low yeah. and be in worse form having had yeah. the snack. I just think, well, in my experience, like everyone has to do it their own way. But I don't, I think you're in your house, your child should always feel welcome to open the fridge, open the cupboard and help themselves to something. Right. Um, I, if you put rules on food, you are entering dangerous territory because you are laying in, you are, and what is that word? Embedding. In, yeah, you're implanting an idea that you should control food, that you just can't enjoy food. It's a guilty pleasure. And kids should enjoy food. Yeah. Now, when I say the tapas, and the DIY meals. Yeah, let's get this straight. 
Here's what I mean. When you start off, when this mom starts off trying to do these dinners for her family, prepare the dinner that you want to make for your family. Okay. Mm-hmm. Roast, for example, like spaghetti roast. bolognese. Okay, perfect. Spaghetti bolognese. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to put the pasta in one bowl, the mince in one bowl, and the sauce in the other bowl, oh. and the parmesan in one bowl, awesome. and the bread in another bowl, okay? I want, I want and then if your child, me too, <laughs> if your child doesn't like any of the food that's in the spaghetti bolognese, have another cheeky bowl with something that you know they will definitely choose. That will phase out in time, mm. but the most important thing is that your child eats. Yeah, so okay? if, it's, if, they, if they don't like the stringiness of the spaghetti, yeah. you do a different pasta. Yeah, put something in there, a successful thing that, you know, at the end of this dinner, I can just praise my kid. Mm. You are not going to tell your child you have to pick something from every bowl. Yeah. You're, the pressure is off. Right. Everything, Leave them to it. Everything's available. Just mm. let them explore. You let her explore. What reminds me of, though, is like Tina's obviously trained in the Montessori method of presenting. Right? Yeah. And in so many ways, the Tina Tapas dinner idea allows the child to see the grown-ups. Yeah. It's presented to them. I pull from this bowl. Yeah. I mix it up. It's yeah. a bit of fun. I know. It's I, actually I class. love the Tina Tapas idea, but I can't claim it. I'm claiming it for you. I don't think I, I can. No one can <laughs> claim the idea of tapas. But <laughs> I just feel so grateful to the mother who told me about this because we did have the tricky eater. I mean, Mikey gagged all the time. Mealtimes were a nightmare. And this woman introduced this to me Jarlett, shake your head yeah. all you want. I'm not no claiming this. No didn't write Wonderwall. Okay, the chords were there. Okay, look, all I'm saying is I'm internally grateful and it, what makes me happy is passing this on. Now, I need to stress this. The problem I'm having with the moms and dads who are getting in touch is they're expecting the end result too fast. Right. This process of the bowls on the table and the empty plates going to go on for a while. How long? Roughly. I don't know, a month maybe. Right. You can start making it a bit more uh, normalized by getting, you know, those um, pita breads and the pita boats. Right. And all of a sudden the child is filling them and putting them in like wraps in their mouth. And then when you've noticed that your child is happily trying loads and loads of different foods, then start plating up the dinners. Right. Don't say anything about it. Because there is a lot and, of work in this. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, but what's better? What's, what's the outcome? Work, yeah. More work or the tears and the, yeah. the flipping? And the not eating whatsoever. The not eating yeah. whatsoever. And yeah. that's what this emailer was, is the yeah. situation they find themselves in. And as we said, loads of people are in that situation. Yeah. Can I ask a stupid question to finish off? Well, that it wouldn't be unusual. Oh, well, the first time. <laughs> that's my job here. Somebody is thinking the same thing as me. Okay. What about dessert? Usually not a huge problem. But are, do we observe the tapas method for dessert too? I uh, just wouldn't be doing the bowl. dessert. You, you wouldn't were... do dessert, would you? Do we do desserts? Rarely. Mm-hmm. We do suppers. I think, actually, I'm glad you brought up suppers. He's rolling his eyes right now. He's rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> now don't he, you just now yes his, me? Now his hands are in the air. <laughs> Why don't you just go, yeah, well, I guess if you are doing dessert, you're like, <laughs> Why should I advise people if that's not something I do? Yeah, but you know what I'm thinking? If you're if you're struggling to get your child eating their dinner, now he just pretended to shoot himself in the head. It's such a joy making a podcast with your wife, guys. I can't recommend anything more. I hope this is a big help to you, to this emailer. And if it I want to say something. I've got my hand in the air. I want to say something. Um, supper. Not enough people are doing suppers. Supper. 
Yeah, right. suppers. By my, that you mean my mom did, told me this when Mikey was very small. He's never going to sleep through the night if he's hungry. And the minute we started giving him like you know that yeah. semolina or whatever when he's very small, yeah. now at night time he has toast, a scone, you know sometimes a at waffle. About nine. Or <laughs> obviously, Jared never yeah. does it. Um, six o'clock or seven, he he goes to bed happy and he doesn't wake up till morning. It it's changed our so, life. So simple. I actually yeah. remember when the semolina arrived in the familiar. T- I loved the taste. Actually, of it semolina is gorgeous. <laughs> uh, but that is like if we're yeah. looking at life hacks for your kids. Yeah, the supper the was tapas yeah. and the supper. Yeah, you're getting some good value on your podcast this week, lads. <laughs> yeah. Those are huge and of course you can have desserts in your house if you want. I just feel like if your child's a fussy eater, don't reward them at the end of the dinner with a dessert. That's also the question. That can you what I was trying to ask? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if this doesn't work, as always, Tina will get back to you. But my money's on this working. Just have page, look, hand on my heart. I have had so many emails back from parents about the tapas saying they can't believe it changed their life. We couldn't believe it changed our life. It, it does change it's your fantastic. life. And it's a Take the pressure off. Don't. As long as there is something on that table your child will eat. That's that's all you have to care about. Let them explore. Let them feel in charge. They're not really in charge. You are. You're putting the food on the table. Just, you know, take one battle out of your day. And, and be patient. Be patient. You know, speaking of, uh, you, uh, you did something in the dream that I should feel bad about. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a coincidence that I have raised this with Tina, but... A couple of nights ago, we were on holiday in a dream and we're in a pool and a woman comes over and compliments Tina on her swimsuit in the dream. Okay. Tina takes the compliment and starts shifting the woman. Hey, weird. In the dream. Like okay. you have to keep on, have to keep because if anybody just tunes in now and they're like, sorry, what's going on? Jar and Tina were on holidays. The woman came up and complimented Tina's swimsuit and then Tina started shifting her. That's what happened in my dream. Right? Okay. That's what you did in front of me in my dream. Mm-hmm. Compliment for your, I love your black swimsuit is what she said because we've been talking about black swimsuits that day. <laughs> this woman comes up to Tina in my dream mm-hmm. and says, I love your black swimsuit. Tina takes the compliment, starts shifting her in front of me. <laughs> The woman, yeah, shifting, full on (laughs) shifting, like at a teenage disco. Okay. The woman then finishes shifting Tina and leans over to give me a kiss. Tina goes, at that, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm literally going, in the dream, I'm like, I'm, I beg your pardon. First of all, just to be clear, I didn't want to shift this woman. (laughs) So strange. (laughs) She was leaning to shift me. But you jumped in with, I don't I don't think so. I didn't throw a full blown tantrum about it in the dream, but it was the most hurt I've been in a long, long time. He spent all of yesterday just looking at me like really disappointed. And I was like, (laughs) it was a dream. This did not happen. This would never happen. We'd just be like walking along the road and I'd look around. He's like, unbelievable. I'm like, that didn't happen. How could you do that to me? You were so the hurt. double standards <laughs> in my own dreams of my imagination. Yeah, but you uh, were like properly wounded. Still a tiny bit wounded today. Has your partner done something in a dream that you were pissed off <laughs> with them about the next day? 
Well, yeah. that was my one. And that's what brought up the whole, uh, I'm not happy with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Hi, guys. Could really do with your help with my seven-year-old. The never-ending tantrums. All because I say no or not today or don't do that leads into a full-blown screaming, hitting, name-calling, throwing items, etc. Her frustration, I feel, is not being able to express her feelings or she just doesn't know how to. When things have calmed down, I try and explain things to her. She will not listen to a word I say and storms off. This sounds like one of my tantrums. <laughs> I'm not a perfect mother. Nobody is. Nobody is. Yeah. I am not a perfect mother by any means. There is only so much calmness mm-hmm. I can do before the yelling starts. And even that doesn't work. Like, this is the thing. Before we go any further with this, mm. like, it's not a crime to raise your voice to your kid. Of and course sometimes not. we beat ourselves up over raising your voice. If your kid runs out in front of a car, you're allowed to shout at them. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you're gonna, you're not perfect. You're human, and mm. you're gonna lose the rag the yeah. other time. Yeah. Uh, if you They're feel bad, you to it. it's the feeling bad about doing it that's the good part. Because if you didn't feel bad about doing it, then you know you're in a yeah, troubled you're in area, tough, tough territory. Okay. I just feel so stuck. This mother says, if remaining calm, trying to walk, talk with her, is not working, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I'm walking on eggshells here in case I say something wrong. I'm waking up every morning with anxiety, wondering what mood is this kid going to be in? Will she go to school today? Many times, oh, oh, here we go. Many times she's refused to get dressed to school. What kills me more is I'm not able to control her. She's controlling me. Okay, that's very very tough question. There's one well, final thing she says here. Listen to your podcast over and over. Love them so much. Amazing advice. How do, I love sticking. Charlotte that's, always reads the That's what's in the email. <laughs> and it's lovely to hear it. How do I help my seven-year-old, who is very mature, be a kind, sweet little seven-year, seven-year-old who will listen to their Ami and Daddy, who is only trying to help them learn and understand? This goes right back to my first thing at the top mm. of the show. That like... There's a confusion here, isn't there, Tina? Mm. Where I'm like, well, am I to revert to what my parents did of going, waving the finger and going, yeah. the hell hath no fury like a parent scorned here. Well, you're you right. don't do it. There's a lack of respect in this house. The mom is feeling powerless and overwhelmed. And the child is also feeling overwhelmed because she's feeling like she doesn't have a direction either. There's a lacking of boundaries here. And how do we reestablish boundaries? We do that thing we've talked about a lot where we have to meet that child with the respect that we want back from them. And that is getting the family together, sitting down and coming up with a set of house rules for your house. Open the dialogue, have a discussion about what you think is Mm. good behavior. What do you think is not good behavior? How do you feel mommy feels? How do you think mommy feels when you talk to me like that? Get her to empathize with how her actions are affecting you Mm. and then offer up the same from her and don't take offense. Mm. Whatever your child says, you got to take it on the chin because if your child says something horrible like, well, you never listen to me and you're mean to me and all this, 
don't deny it. Just acknowledge it and just be like, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm learning how to do this too. I want us to be a happier family. Let's set out some ground rules. Seven could be a tough age. Oh, really tough. And for a girl who's already thinks acting older than that, very, very hard. And it is going to be tough. It's going to take time because there is a window between the ages of zero to six where behaviours are much easier to change. Mm. Your child's brain is in a different stage of development. When your child moves by the age of six, it's not impossible, but it's a much tougher task to change patterns of behaviour. Of course you can, but you're going to really have to put in the work. So this kid needs rules and boundaries. She needs to know that if she shouts at you, from now on, you're going to come in with a warning and tell her, if you keep shouting at me, there's going to be a consequence. And then you have to have what I always say, a manageable, achievable a consequence that you're going to follow through on. As the parent, you've got to be brave enough to follow through on it. Following through on a consequence, I hope I don't sound preachy right now, I don't mean to. No, well, let me... But following through on a consequence, Charlotte, yeah. is so important because it's the follow through that can stop the behaviour the next and, and time. And that's the centre mm. of the respect. Yeah. That like, and your kid is shouting at you. Yeah. Like I said at the top of the show, they don't view you as somebody that you can't shout at. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you say sit down together mm-hmm. as a family, yeah. establish what we all agree as the rules of the house. We yeah, open can, that dialogue, open of, that dialogue. Of, of how do you think I feel yeah. when you talk to me like, yeah. you know, share your emotions, share mm-hmm. your feelings. So then once you've all established and you've written it out maybe on a little yeah. piece of paper. And she has got to choose maybe two rules and you choose two rules that you come and agree on, okay? Mm. Things that are expected behaviours within this house. She does not get to be involved in the consequence or the warnings. That is the grown-up's job, okay? But what I really feel this child, her frustration, and I don't know, as I say a lot, it's much easier if I meet these children in person. Mm -hmm. I'm going by emails and I'm just guessing. Yeah. So come back to me if I'm wrong. I'm happy to know I'm wrong and try again. Of course. But I feel like this child does get frustrated. They do feel shut down when this mother says no. This seems triggering for them. So what I would suggest is to get that wall planner up. Get a calendar in her room. When she asks to do something and it's not manageable in that moment, say, I love that idea. Let's go and figure out a date mm. where it's workable. And then she sees it doesn't really work this week. Don't shut it down. Right. She doesn't like that language, obviously. Mm. That is triggering for her now and you're going to have to stop doing that. Ask for such dumb stuff though, Tina. Yeah, like, but you so- can just okay. say to your child, I love that idea, let's try and do it. Don't say no. Mm. I remember working in a school where no was a word we weren't allowed to say. And oh my God, it was so hard to get out of the habit <laughs> of so. saying no. It was so hard, but the benefits of never using that word was incredible. And then the children never use that word. I I want to go to the shops today. I want to go to the shops now. Yeah. and What do you say then? Well, you say, uh, I love that you enjoy going to the shops. What is it that you want in the shops? Let's work out a plan of when we can do this together during the week. That isn't that you're yes anding. Let's yes and our children's ideas. And also, let's not forget, sometimes you can just say, love it, let's do it. That's enough. They'll forget about it. Mm. They'll forget. Yeah, love it, let's do it. But first, let's yeah. do this. Distract them. Distraction uh, is your biggest tool. At the end of the day, like Tina's the king of this, I have to say, I've never seen such <laughs> deflection. I mean, I feel like you do it to me sometimes <laughs> as well. 
Great idea, Jar. Brilliant. Let's get into our lingerie and go upstairs. Oh, you wish. Sorry, that was a big one. No, I'll cut that out. No, you don't need to cut. But can I tell you something that Mary, a lady I used to work with, um, sometimes we had two different home times, which was a nightmare in our classroom because I have a terrible memory. And some days I'd, be, I'd have a few kids ready to go home and then I'd realise, oh shit, this child is not going home at this time. They're going home later. Like a jacket on and everything. And the other teachers would be panicking and then they'd hear me say, oh my goodness, got great news. We get to keep you longer. You get to stay. You've been so good today. You're going to stay in school an hour, an hour later. Get your coat off. Let's go play. And it'd be all fine. But like, honestly, not coming in with negatives, going towards positive phrases will help. Look, this woman is in a, this is a tricky situation. She feels completely taken yeah. for granted. That's why, just start over. But I can't tell you enough. People getting in touch with me a lot saying, I don't know how to stay calm with my child. If you can't remain calm when speaking to your child, then go silent and remove yourself from that space until you can come back to them with calmness. Because shouting and screaming at them makes them feel rejected. And also, you're modeling behavior that you don't want. You cannot give out to your child for behavior that you are doing to them. Like, mm. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's no, it's double a serious standards. Point. Like, it is a serious point that yeah, I you, can remember being shouted at at times. And you do forget how tiny you are yeah. at, at that age. Well, yeah, of course. It's, it's scary. Yeah. Um, and I know they've pushed you to the limit. Yeah. But like you say, how we we can't really expect yeah, like, our kid to do, not to do things that we're you, doing. If you have a seven-year-old child and you are so angry and they've pushed you, and I know that feeling, you feel like completely like, oh my God, I feel so stressed out in this moment. Take yourself out of the room, get yourself a cup of tea, a glass of water, just a glass of wine. 10. Count to 10, count to 20. Glass of wine, she said. Yeah, why not? Red wine could really help you in that situation if you're that stressed out. A little bit of red wine, just ease that pressure off. Take a moment, take a few breaths, remind yourself that you love this kid. And when you are ready, go back to that child and be like, I'm ready to listen. I talked about the de-escalation script actually when I got in touch with this mom during the week. I told her. A de-escalation script is something that's used in schools with teachers all the time. As a parent, it's really important. It's so simple. It's five sentences. First, when your child is kicking off, you just say their name. That can be really calming to your child. You're just acknowledging their presence. Then you say, I can see something has happened. I can see that you're sad or that something has happened to make you feel really angry. And then you say, I'm here for you. Okay. And you just wait. You just wait and you say, I'm I'm waiting here and when you've calmed down, or don't use that word actually, when you're ready, when you've calmed down, when you're ready, you can talk to me. And then when they're calm, you say, come on, let's go. Let's go talk about this somewhere else. And you just move them. That really does work. I've seen that work on kids who are furious. Wow. Well, but it's the calmness. Of my final question on it is, because that de-escalation script, again, in terms of parenting life hacks, I mean, it's right up there with, it's, with the tapas. Yeah. It's, it's like you showed that to me in a folder that you had in the house and you're just like, wow. So there is actually kind of um, a way to 
unplug the wires. Well, what do we all want to know that we are? We want to be heard. Mm. We want to feel like we've been noticed. Your child wants to feel noticed. And most of the time, they don't actually know why they're feeling angry. But they do like that you've noticed. And they're like, okay, I am angry. You can even say things like, I can see that you're so angry and you don't know what to do with your feelings. I'm your mom. I love you. I'm here to help. Here's a question, right, within this question. Okay. Something's happened during the day where you've lost it and Mm. it's all gone with the best will in the world. Yeah. You've done the meeting. You've figured out the rules of the house. But things went bananas. You're not good at it. They pushed you over the edge with some kind of stupid request. Yeah. You said, look, that's not going to happen today. Or you forgot to do the whole, "Eh, let's look at this. Maybe we'll look at that later on. Or that's not a bad idea. Well, that's very real what you're saying. Yeah. It goes off. Mm -hmm. And you have difficulty yourself in moving on from it because they've upset you so much that like you just have a difficulty in going. Like you're you're still going, are you sorry for what you did earlier? No, well, we know what you need to do there. If you have had taken the time to do this meeting with your kids, draw up these ground rules, tell them the behavior you want to expect from them. You know what you have to do there. The first thing you need to do with your child is apologize yourself for losing Mm -hmm. it. You need to go first. You need to say, I'm really sorry. I'm expecting all this from you. Mm. And then I didn't do it. I'm learning as well. When you acted that way, it made me so sad that I couldn't control my temper. And I'm working on that too. That is the healthiest thing you can do with your child. You're apologizing to them. Why not? Why not apologize to your kid? Well, it's a habit of lifetime. Yeah. Isn't it? Because you want them to, you want them to own their behavior, own your behavior too. And you want them to see you as human. Yeah. It's really healthy. So healthy to apologize to your child. You're getting things wrong because we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) We're not ruining these kids, but we definitely are learning as we go. And your kid is a different kid every single day of the week. Mm. So it's not like you can get cozy in parenting. It's changing all the time. Mm. Don't be afraid to say sorry to your children. It, It actually makes them feel great about themselves and it'll bring you closer together and you'll get those hugs you need. And you need those hugs. Me and Charlotte are always saying, keep hugging to keep us normal. But Ten hugs a day, apparently. Twenty. Twenty hugs a day to keep Ten you normal. <laughs> <laughs> but hug, hug, hug it out yeah. because hugs are so important. Honey, you're ruining our kid at gmail.com. If you're a similar situation, oh, hang it into Tina here. But I've just, re- I've just remembered something that I said to this mom that's really important. Get your children to do the pink sheets I've talked about before when she has calmed down. You know, you you make up your own think sheet. You call it a think sheet. I'm really trying to hit my TH there. I hope I have. You write down three things yourself that happened and just you say things like, why did you do whatever it was? Leave space for them to write. What do you think happened because of that? How did that make the house feel or home feel? Next line, what can we do in the future to stop this from happening? Just give your child a space, you don't have to do it every time, to reflect on how their behaviour affected the whole house.
I actually think that there's a bit of a running theme to today's show for the first time. Really? Because our final question comes from a mom who wants us to settle a bet between uh, her and her husband. Settle a bet. I guess it's a differing view on something okay. which is really common nowadays, and that is the use of the naughty step. Oh. I guess it's the old stand in the corner was the old method. But the naughty step, thanks to Joe, uh, Joe, it's not Joe Wicks, it's Joe, Super Nanny, yeah. has become the go-to form of punishment for your kid that needs to have a time out. Hmm. Sit on the naughty step for however many minutes you were in this world. Yes. So four for a four-year-old, five for a five-year-old and so on. Mm-hmm. Well, this mom emails in and says, hey, Tina and Jar, absolutely love the show. Can you settle a bet for me and my husband? My husband believes that you're never too young for the naughty step, whereas I believe that three is too young and that our three year old, as badly behaved as he can be, Mm. shouldn't be put on the naughty step because, in my opinion, he doesn't know why he's there. (laughs) And I think we've all had that situation where he's like, do you even remember what this was about Mm -hmm. at the start when kids are that small? Yeah. It's a brief email, but it is very complimentary. You don't want me reading out the compliments, but they said they love the show (laughs) and they'd love if you could settle this bet for them. Well, um, you bring up Super Nanny. I am not anti-Super Nanny. I think Super Nanny was amazing. And she went into homes with extreme behaviours and that's no easy task. And she did help a lot of people in that journey. Timeouts, unfortunately, because people watched that show and they saw her using them, they kind of took that idea and they put it into practice in their own home. There's a timeouts, naughty step, corner behavior and without realizing what is actually age appropriate. And this mother raises a really good point. In my opinion, now, this is a zero judgment podcast, but I feel like the only time a little bit of judgment creeps into me, my soul, is when I'm like, I'm sorry, you put your two-year-old on a timeout? Like, what are you thinking? Like, how do you even get a two-year-old to stay in time out? There's three. Yeah, this is three. I know, but I'm just saying, like, when I hear these things. So, I think... But you've heard of people putting two-year-olds. Oh, my God, yeah. Facing the wall. And, like, holding them in place. Of course you have to hold your two-year-old in place. They have no idea what you're expecting of them. Because it's completely unreasonable. Um, I think timeouts are an effective way of getting your child to reflect from maybe the ages five onwards. I don't think they should be made face the wall. I'm not looking to make them feel ashamed of themselves. Timeouts should be a time for reflection. And the hope is that when you come back to them at the end of the timeout, they have reflected on their behavior. They're ready to say they feel bad about it. And it ends with a hug Mm. and a thank you for reflecting on your behavior. Let's try not to do that again. I feel like that's the bit from Joe Wicks that got Joe. Joe Wicks. Joe Wicks. If Joe Wicks was doing that, that would have been more interesting in the mornings <laughs> during lockdown. But the hug afterwards and yeah. the thank you for reflecting. Yeah, the resolution yeah. got a bit lost. I, I mean, think. I'm not saying that's so what this mom does, about, but that is oh, true. Oh yeah, of course. So when you think about that, that that's the expectation of a timeout. I'm sorry. How? How in hell can a one to a four year old ever achieve that? Mm. I mean, I'm not limiting what the, the potential of those kids, but you're expecting them to do a very grown up thing. Mm. Like they're just about 
they're stumbling around the world. They're learning how to do everything. So what do you do instead? That's, and that's out? what this dad is probably going to say. Yeah. That if he says, right, granted, I think yeah. anybody can accept what you're saying there. But if your kid is flying off the handle, trashing yeah. the place, mm-hmm. they didn't say any of these things in their email. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that it's it's a case of where well, we've reached a tipping point. How yeah. do we isolate and calm? Well, I don't I don't really believe you should be punishing any child under the age of three anyway. Like the idea that they would be punished seems really tough. Like I get that we come in sometimes, Charlotte's doing a what face, but you come in with a warning and an achievable consequence, but actually punishing them, actually making them face the wall, Charlotte. Oh, okay, right. You know, like why would you do that to a three-year-old child? That is, that's just too much for them. I have actually been trying to help parents realize that sometimes at this age a better way of dealing with whatever behavior they're doing is complete distract distraction Mm. okay your child is losing it they're kicking things over go get a wet sponge from the kitchen or something give them the wet sponge with bubbles in it and just put it in their hand and then say hey let's go clean the table they're scrubbing the table right this is very much a montessori approach i know that this is very much a montessori approach but it really does work they're scrubbing the table. They're getting all this silly energy out of themselves. This anger is coming out. They're doing something purposeful. At the end of it, you get down to their level and you say, I was really sad. It made me feel really sad when you were behaving that way. That is not okay. And I do not want you to do that again. And that's enough. Wow. I think that's enough. I know that there can be massive, massive things like biting and hair pulling and stuff. And that's when you come in with a warning and you say... You're not allowed to do that. That behavior is not acceptable in this house. I'm giving you a chance, a warning, but this is what's going to happen if you do it again. And then you follow through on that consequence. But I just think, unless your child is really mature emotionally, putting them on the timeout is just setting yourself up for failure as a parent, where you're going to entrap yourself in a situation where you have to hold them in timeout, where you keep having to put them back to timeout where, um, you know, they're screaming, they're not calming down, the timeout is not successful. Mm. I just... And timeout, I don't think, was ever meant to be a long-term solution. No. But it's not meant to be, okay, well, you didn't do your homework, sit on timeout. Yeah, but if you think about it, and you do think about those episodes of Super Nanny you've watched, it wasn't even a punishment then. Like, I'm talking about distraction, but the timeout was a distraction in itself in that the child is told this is your place where you go for your time out. You're going to sit there now for five minutes and I'm going to come back to you. And in those five minutes, you need to have reflected on your behavior. Mm. Then you come back to the child and hopefully they are ready to talk to you about that. If they're not, it is okay to say, I can see you need more time. Okay, yeah. I'm going to come back and you need to be ready. You're modeling a behavior, you're teaching them, you're teaching them how to be in time out. They don't know what you want if you don't tell them. Mm. So I just think, I mean, it's easy for me to say it. I have all this experience with little ones. And Jarlett's rubbing his face, which makes me feel so uncomfortable mm. and question myself in these moments. Mm. But I think, I think, look, I got an email during the week from a parent asking me, is it okay to lock their child in their room instead of doing a timeout? I had to be brave enough to say, please don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. I mean, I know it seems out of control in your house right now, but that is really unsafe for your child if they're tantruming. You know, just stay in the room with them and be calm. Don't interact with your child when they're in that tantrum. 
wait for it to finish. Then distract them. Then when they are in a calm place again, get down to their level and talk to them about what happened and get them to tidy up the mess. Like, sometimes as parents, we want them to feel like they were punished. Mm, they want to feel guilt. Yeah, we want them to feel it. Mm. But that's not really something they're capable of feeling yet. At a certain And age. what is more important, them learning and it being a positive experience or you feeling justified that you've got to punish your child and that they learned? Because that method doesn't work just doesn't work and it just leads to them exploding exploding more the next time you know what tina this has been an amazing episode oh well i don't like when i sound preachy well i don't think so at all because look the advice that you give sometimes it's hard to actually accept that the simplest most straightforward often boring and repetitive Mm -hmm. answer is usually the right one yeah on this that being said, you did shift that woman in my dream. <laughs> Jesus, Charlotte. I don't know if Charlotte's ever going to get over how traumatized um, he is by this. You know, I felt <laughs> like I was hurt by that. <laughs> <laughs> and then to then have the double standard. <laughs> it's been a fun episode. Uh, make sure to give us a little rating or tell one person about yeah. the show that's uh, all we or ask. just say to someone who you know is not getting any sleep anyway that on Sunday nights we're on Today FM at 11 o'clock last week we told you 10 o'clock what uh, did I say and even and <laughs> that you may be listening to this some years in the future yeah. when you're going oh I wish it, wish it was a radio show mm-hmm. who knows maybe this will be someday but for now the only way to support our podcast Mm. and to allow us to keep making it is to sign up on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad and in return you'll gain access to a bunch of bonus Honey You're Ruining Our Kid episodes Mm. hundreds of hours of interviews with the greatest Irish people that have ever lived including Barry Keown who got a bloody Oscar nod so happy for that man he's a lovely and if you're listening to this in the future hopefully Barry has got that Oscar in his house and And Paul Meskell of course Paul another friend of the show huge interview with Paul Meskell on there there's so many so many great Irish actors on there for you to enjoy and it's only a fiver a month it does allow us to continue making the podcast but I cannot make the show without you, Tina. Thank you so much for doing it. And I'm sorry for shifting that girl in your dream. Okay, but it was still hot, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> oh my God. It's I never have happening. to admit it was still it's hot. It's never happening, okay. okay that's, that's fine. <laughs> and if it is happening, I just don't want any double standards. So. <laughs> oh my God. Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid is an Irishman abroad podcast presented in association with Go Left. Editing, research, and production by Jarlath and Tina Regan. Find us on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad today. Don't forget to email Tina your questions on Honey, You Are Ruining Our Kid at gmail.com because, hey, in all fairness, it's hard to raise kids not to be gobshites.